Hey, yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew for. I mean, the last time for about a month here. Cause, a bit. And he's going to leave us. <laughs> for a bit. I'll be back, not to worry. He's going to a land down under and is going to enjoy his time. Uh, you can follow <laughs> Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Make, and the sure you get, make sure you get in you know, get over there to Twitter where you can yell at me for the first, for the last time in this, while I'm in this hemisphere for a long time. <laughs> and I think it's the same on Instagram too. So all the Outback photos, you can follow him. Yeah, on that I, I keep the White Sox stuff off of Instagram right. because I, I want you to see all the goofy stuff. All, all the Serenity Now stuff is on there. Right. And Vinny will be a day ahead of us, so he'll know the fear agent moves before we do. <laughs> he'll be breaking everything over in Australia. and that's. No, I hope he's just quiet. He's like, I'm on vacation. I ain't breaking shit. <laughs> that's that's Herb. exactly what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. <laughs> Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at EcknerWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. On today's episode, we'll be talking about you guys Vinny, yelling at Vinny on Twitter, and we'll be predicting where the top MLB free agents will be going. It will. It's kind of a Friday show here. We don't have a show tomorrow. We don't have a show on Saturday. This is our Friday show. You'll be listening to this on Friday, uh, you know, in your car driving to work. So hopefully we can give you a fun, entertaining show today. And uh, what's up, Sox fans? Who's your daddy? Who's a, a huge CHGO member in the Discord uh, hanging out with us today? Uh, same with our guy Baloney and uh, Palsy saying, have a great trip, Vinny. Thank you, guys. Baloney, that's a funny comment, but you might have to go find me on Mastodon when I get back uh, from, from Australia. you got to find the right server to find Vinny in, too. Um, yeah, so I, I really did love the piece up at, at allchgo.com today, Vinny. Uh, the money was spent, and now the White Sox are facing uh, the repercussions or facing the consequences uh, of their mistakes, and everyone's saying, so this is why White Sox uh, Fest was canceled. They did spend the money, but it was spent wrong. We just want to remind people, Vinny didn't spend the money. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't run that stuff by me, no. unfortunately. See, the White Sox Fest being canceled. They have to direct their ire towards somebody, and it's Vinny. <laughs> it's the messenger who they are killing. But basically, the. Uh idea of that entire article is the money has been spent and we talked about that a little bit yesterday that even looking at the team right now if you only put 20 players on the roster the salary looks to be 155 million and with the payroll not looking to change next year um, it seems like the White Sox at most could have 25 million to add to their team at six players but we're also thinking that trades might be possible yeah I mean I, listen I think the the point was uh, a nuanced one I think everybody when they say when they when they beg for the money to be spent they say spend it all on one guy that's kind of the thing that folks are always saying uh and I think what the White Sox have done I don't think I know they have spent it on multiple guys and uh the their uh their budget is their prerogative they're allowed to do whatever they want with their uh, budget every year but if the budget is what what James Fegan is reporting it might be or what Rick Hahn said it might be around what it was last year uh there's not much room to add to it because of the money that they've already spent on guys, not just free agent spending, like, you know, Yasmani Grandal and Liam Hendricks, some of the other members of that bullpen. Uh, what about the extension for Lance Lynn? He's the highest paid guy on the team. Uh, him and Yasmani Grandal are. Um, but the young guys, uh, you know, the extensions that were given to Aloy and Luis Robert and Yoan Moncada, it adds up, and it's not, it's not that they shouldn't spend more. You could argue any number of ways that they should spend more, but if they choose not to, they have put themselves, they've painted themselves into a corner now where they've already made the investments in this team and there's not a lot more to do. Now, 
I think it's worth saying that all the guys that they've spent money on, particularly the young ones that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. could still be very good and mm-hmm. well worth that spending. They could still win with this core. That, that, that's my opinion. But it's going to be a lot harder to do so because of the parameters they've set, seemingly set for themselves. I know people are going to be upset with the uh, raise that Yoan Montecada is getting this year going up in money, but I don't remember one person saying, man, Rick really messed up on signing an extension for Yoan Moncada. I think most people, like myself, are like, man, that's a deal. I didn't expect Yoan to sign a deal like that for under market value. Yes, he hasn't played to what he's going to be making next year, but I don't see him not being a, what is it, $18 million player. And same thing with uh, Aloy Jimenez and uh, Luis Robert. I don't see these guys looking at these deals and saying, ah, that's, uh, that's bad money spent. Their years in 2022 were, were poor for the most part. But I see going forward that those deals will look like bargains in 2023. It's sad that we don't have room to add extra players, which we sorely need, a right fielder, second baseman, maybe a starting pitcher. But it is what it is, and I hope that they get a little creative with these trades and free up some money so they can, if they need to, supplement the roster via free agency, they can do that too. Well, and I've never been a a big proponent of the whole, you know, spend you have to spend the most money in order to win the highest payroll always wins the world series i've never been a proponent of that that being said the white Sox are trying to win the world series and what is the reality of baseball it's that arms race every winter it really is you're gonna see we're gonna talk about it here momentarily all these big name free agents that are out there going to teams like the dodgers and the Astros and the Yankees and the Mets who are going up against each other to try and outduel each other in the winter so they can outduel each other in the fall next fall if the White Sox want to be part of that team or be part of that group of teams that are contending for the World Series, I, you know, th- they can go ahead and say, all right, we believe in these guys and they might be right, but don't you want to put yourself in the best position possible? And to do that, it's going to require probably being involved in this same arms race that these other teams are involved in. The White Sox have set it up with the comp- just kind of reading the tea leaves of the comments that Rick Hahn made out in Vegas and maybe not be playing in those waters uh, this this winter, and it could put them at a disadvantage because, I mean, hell, what were we talking about last offseason? Boy, the Twins sure had a nice offseason. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. work out for the yeah. Twins. Good but, trade deadline, too. But it could. What if the Guardians make just one move to get better? What if the mm-hmm. Twins make just one move to get better? Does that put the White Sox, who need to do so much improving from a 500 finish a year ago, does that put them behind the eight ball, not only when it comes to the best teams in baseball or the best teams in the American League, but the teams in their own division? Well, and if the Twins are serious, too, they have about $100 million to spend this offseason to even reach the White Sox level. The Sox right now, salary-wise, are about $131 million on spot rack, um, and then on the Twins are about $48 million, and obviously they lost Carlos Correa, so that's going to be a huge part uh, of their roster and lineup that they're going to have to fill out. But if they go out and spend that $100 million and match up with the Sox payroll, then maybe they could actually make some noise in the AL Central. I guess that's the one part about this whole thing that makes me or gives a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, and maybe it's misplaced. Uh, maybe I, I don't understand the comments well enough. But back in 2019, Rick Hahn did say the money will be spent. And it's kind of what you were talking about in the article. The money has been spent, but you look at Luis Robert. We talked about it. He hasn't played over 100 games in a season before. Aloy Jimenez making over $10 million this year. We haven't seen him reach over 100 games since his 2019 season where he played 122. Um, you really look at the core, and it's like, you know, if the White Sox went like 90 and what would that be? 
82? I can't th- I can't think. 90 and 72. 72? 90 yeah. and 72. Um, if the White Sox went 90 and 72, would they be spending up to $200 million this year? Because we just saw since 2011, the first time they just broke $200 million, uh, in attendance. So I don't know. It felt like it might have been a decent financial year for the White Sox. They sold a decent amount of merchandise as well. So I, I am kind of shocked that if this is a championship contention core still, why is the payroll being rolled back? Because I don't know if the money has been spent. You said the money has been spent, um, obviously, with Rick Hahn's comments, but the two massive deals they signed, Liam Hendricks and Yasmani Grandal, neither of those deals eclipsing $100 million. And when that comment was made, that was talking about Manny Machado and $300 million or Bryce Harper and $300 million plus. So, I mean, what do we look back if the money has been spent? Has it been spent well? No, not at all. It was been spent poorly. I liked the Yasmani Grandal deal, and I think it was a smart uh, jumping the market type of deal where you gave him what exactly what he was worth in the market early before anybody did. And he accepted the deal. Um, and the deals by him and Liam Hendricks are well spent. But then you have all the little nickel dime deals with Larry Garcia getting his five million. Congratulations, Larry Garcia. He shouldn't be on the team. Five million is a lot of money. Josh Harrison on the team last year. Five million dollars. Just these little things. Joe Kelly, I think, was a redundancy of what Kendall Graveman brought to the table. You see teams who do well in the playoffs or to who do well uh, with bullpen, they just turn their bullpen over all, all the time. Tampa Bay Rays don't spend money on people in the bullpen, and they still have a pretty solid bullpen. The Detroit Tigers didn't spend that much money on their bullpen, still had a pretty solid bullpen. I think that was where the White Sox messed up. They spent a ton of money on arms in the bullpen that didn't perform necessarily, and then you look for a person who's going to be in right field or second base, you're like falling short, where those are more premium positions than a setup man, than a middle reliever. So I think Rick Hahn has spent the money that would have went to otherwise players like Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, but did he get the good team together? That's why we're losing players like Jose Abreu, because the team is not constructed, constructed well. You have a great roster of players but you don't have a great team because the team is poorly constructed. I'm hesitant to go to the to to all the way to the end of that question, right? Has it been spent wisely? Well, you don't know yet. You know what I mean? These contracts are still active. They mm-hmm. could still win under these contracts. I think the point that that I was trying to make with with the piece this morning and kind of the thing that's going to be the reality for the rest of this winter is the money has been spent in a way that has at least in this very specific moment handcuffed them in yeah. a way. And I, I don't think anybody was mm-hmm. expecting them to need to make the big improvements from a 500 team in 2022 to get back to where they wanted to be in for 2023. Um, they are. We, we've been talking for months now about how this roster seems kind of stuck in place, and it seemed that was a real rostery situation, you know. But it turns out that it might be a financial situation as well. We we spent so much time to much to everybody's chagrin arguing about Jose Abreu uh, uh, yesterday <laughs> and for the past two months, but. Um, I, it, it, it looks like maybe that's less of a, well, we have to let Abreu walk because Andrew Vaughn's got to play first base versus we have to let Abreu walk because he doesn't fit into the financial picture quite as well as everybody else who's still here. So it, it, it's an interesting situation. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that it can't end up working. Because it can, I think it can end up working. That's not to say that it will, but it can end up working. Um, but it's going to make it again, like I just said yesterday about Abreu. It's going to make it that much more difficult for them to get to where they need to get to. And I think the frustrating thing, like this, was the downside of spending on unproven talent. And yes, Luis Robert was 
uh, had all the tools. And Aloy Jimenez was a top-rated prospect. But again, we go back. I think there's been six players who have been signed to an extension before they played an MLB game. Two of those, Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. Maybe that's just a, a false bet right there. And and you look at the idea of what they were doing. They were trying to lock down two premium positions in left field and center field. Center field, you know, it just really depends on Luis Robert's health and what can he give you in 140 games, but it doesn't feel like Aloy Jimenez is going to be a left fielder. And then the drafting of Andrew Vaughn, it just felt like they didn't have to upgrade once Jose Abreu left. Like they didn't have to go out and spend a ton of money, Mm -hmm. um, but they ended up spending their money in places where it really felt like they couldn't develop. They really weren't getting those high-end uh, relievers that went out and spent on Liam and then they weren't able to really develop catching. We know the struggles with Zach Collins um, and then him ending up being traded for uh, Reese McGuire. So going out and getting Yasmani Grandal, I think makes sense. Like you look around the diamond at third base again, when that Moncada deal was signed, not too many people bad in an eye. One, not, we, per, well, not one person. We keep talking about shortstop. Tim Anderson's a deal. If Luis Robert plays 140 games, that might be a steal at $9 million. So still the big, you know, and, and even starting pitching too. I mean, teams struggle to find started pitching. The White Sox, not many questions around there outside of the fifth starter. So again, I, I do see your possible optimism or even Rick Hahn's optimism in looking at this this team where they have been boxed in. You don't have um, to be optimistic. You just need to acknowledge that the the positive outcome is possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just will take a lot, and it, it, will. it, it will take yeah. a lot of the White Sox staying healthy, which uh, they haven't really proven right. uh, to be able to do. And Sean, I always say that. Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams should be more risky and do things differently than other teams because of their job security. And that's what Rick Hahn did with these deals before they started playing Aloy and with uh, Luis Robert and extending Tim Anderson before he gets to arbitration. This is an exclusive or looks like an exclusive thing that the White Sox do. Some teams do it, but the White Sox do it more likely than other teams. So I can't fault them if the deals haven't necessarily worked out as yet, but I have no no uh, second thoughts that they're not going to work out. I believe these guys are going to be stars in the eventually, and I hope that next year we're like, man, what discounts? They got five <laughs> discounts out there, just spending ten million dollars on Luis Robert. Man, MVP season, awesome. You'd, you'd hope so, but you need about like what three of those guys, three seasons from those guys, and Yohan Moncada, Aloy Jimenez, and Luis Robert. Like it, it, best case scenario, you probably get two of those guys healthy. When, like I. I could see it happening. I definitely could see it happening next year. I won't be happy that they're not going to spend a lot of money this offseason. We'll be bitching all winter long. But if they come back with a similar team, no telling that they will be a, a team that will win more than 81 games. I, I feel that in my heart. They'll well, definitely win more than 81 games and will be competing with the Guardians and the Twins and the Tigers for supremacy in AL Central. And if Pedro does what he says he wanted to do at the press conference, then hopefully the White Sox play harder. And like he said, when they played harder, they could beat anyone uh, in the major in the major leagues. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting offseason for the White Sox because even when you say, like, they box themselves in, like, even when Rick Hahn's saying, trade as possible I just don't know who it is like even if you trade Lucas Giolito that frees up about like 10 million dollars in salary um Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly they're both making about nine and eight million dollars but who's going to pay nine million dollars for set up Kai Joe Kelly after the year he had so it just feels like all of the pieces that they do have um the ones that are most valuable just don't make a ton of money. Like Andrew Vaughn isn't going to free up a ton of salary cap. Same with Oscar Colas. So um, the White Sox do just seem to be in a true bind. Make sure to check out Vinny's article at allchgo.com.
Rickhan.com. He has also got some articles about replacing second base and uh, the, the first day of Rick Hahn talking about the, uh, uh, the, the salary and the budget uh, at, at the GM meetings. Uh, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, and bobbleheads, and everything in between. So you can get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. Foco, F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out Foco.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. And our next partner is Game Time. If you're heading out to the Bears game this weekend, check out the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. They are offering you the biggest last-minute price drops that can be found on seats you never thought you could buy. So if you want to sit at the 50-yard line or even on that lower level of Soldier Field, I've done it once for a game, and it is a fantastic, fantastic view. You could find the biggest last-minute price drops on game time. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets or on Bulls tickets or on Hawks tickets because it's created by the fans and for the fans and they guarantee the lowest price. Herb used that down in Atlanta, saw that there was better uh, a better deal on a different site and he got 110% of his money back and that is the game time guarantee. So if you love CHGO then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. So knowing how possibly triggering of a first segment that could be for White Sox fans just noting by the response to you on Twitter. Uh, Let's have some fun. Let's loosen it up a bit. Mm -hmm. You don't need contract details in here. We're just going to go through some of the bigger free agents and make some predictions on who will sign where. There is some news uh, to just note. Some of these players did get qualifying offers from their teams. Uh, Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, uh, Xander Bogarts, Jacob DeGrom, Damsey Swanson, Carlos Correa, or sorry, Carlos Rodon, Brandon Nimmo, Wilson Contreras, Chris Bassett, Anthony Rizzo, Tyler Anderson, Martin Perez, Jack Peterson, and Nathan Eovaldi all getting qualifying offers. I think the only player who we're not talking about today who didn't get a qualifying offer was Carlos Correa and Jose Abreu. Those were the two players that we have on this list that won't be getting a qualifying offer. So before we get into that, uh, we do have a super chat. So shout out to Jaxo. Um what if we sign Andrew Benatendi, uh, which I do think is an interesting player out there. We look at the outfielders list, and there's a ton of left-handed hitting. It's not just limited to Brandon Nimmo. You also have guys like Benatendi, and he was an interesting player going from Kansas City to New York this year, and he has a connection to Pedro Griffol, uh being there in, in Kansas City for a little bit. So would you guys be down with Benatendi? Yeah, I don't think he'll break the bank. He's a left-handed hitter, uh, showed a little pop uh, in his career, but not a lot. I think he would be a decent pickup for the White Sox if they were to uh, entertain that. That would uh, automatically put uh, Aloy Jimenez at DH permanently because Andrew Benzini, for the most part, has been a premium outfielder. I mean, I saw last year where he couldn't throw out, who was it, uh, uh, Josh Harrison? He, like, dirted a ball. It was oh, yeah. really bad from left field. But for the most part, Andrew Benzini has been a decent uh, left fielder, uh, especially in the outfield. So, yeah, it'll be a good move for the White Sox if they got there. Left field, second base, these are probably the areas where the White Sox are going to find some position players, some new faces uh, when it comes to position players, I would imagine. They've got to figure out what sort of needs they're prioritizing. I I think I still am of the opinion – they need to get some more power on this lineup, especially you know, obviously, especially if Jose Abreu is going to be leaving it. Um, Andrew Benintendi doesn't provide a lot of power. Some, maybe, but not a lot. Uh, there's probably a lot more power to be found in left field or even right field if you want to uh, consider both of those positions to be uh, explorable for the White Sox. Um, 
as opposed to second base. And so if we're talking about a defense first guy who makes a lot of good contact, maybe is a lefty hitter, second base might be the place to look for that kind of Benintendi type guy versus left field where you can find some sluggers. Uh, but we'll see how it all plays out. I think uh, Benintendi would probably be a guy that would certainly check a lot of those items off. Good defense, good, uh, good left-handed hitting as well. So uh, the White Sox, those are definitely two of their needs and, and they could explore that route uh, for sure. It would definitely upgrade them in certain areas. It just depends on how the puzzle pieces fit together. Yeah, you bring up the lack of power, and he had a woeful year this year, the lowest uh, home runs in his career. Um, had 2016, 13, and 17 uh, in the game or seasons where he's played over 130 uh, games in a uh, season before. This year, only five and two with the Yankees. And the big thing, too, is platoon's probably the biggest word for a lot of these left handed hitters. He's a guy that has a notable about 100. OPS dip um, versus left-handers. I think it's about 800 OPS versus right-handers, a 700 OPS career versus left-handers, but it was even more drastic in 2022 uh, against left-handers was below 675. So like, yes, if they go with a platoon, I'm fine with it, but I think there are better options, especially in the power department there. I think that's where the White Sox need to improve the most. So let's go into some of these names here. And we got eight free agents for you and we will go through the list we'll start off with a big name Aaron Judge uh, I'll start off I think the Yankees don't let a guy like this leave their door they got a ton of money to spend and I think leaving a guy that just broke the AL record broke your franchise record I think would be pretty stupid so I think Aaron Judge gets it done with the Yankees at the end of the day the team that has always spent the most money in my lifetime has been the New York Yankees so I'd be surprised if they don't go out and get the big fish uh, and keep them in New York couldn't agree more Yankees won a player and want to retain a player. I have only recall Robinson Cano was the only player that they wanted, and they missed out on him. He went to Seattle and signed a terrible deal for Seattle. And eventually, the Robinson Cano went to the Mets, but they're going to retain him. And people say going home, it's awesome. You know, he's from the Bay Area, from the Sacramento area. Playing out there in uh, San Francisco would probably be a joy for him. He probably grew up thinking about doing that. But I think the player and the person grew up as a man in New York. And so leaving home, which I think is more New York than the Bay Area, would be difficult for him, especially if they're offering similar money. As we know with the uh, taxes in California via New York, it's very prohibitive. He will not have a lot more money in San Francisco than he has in New York. So if he's looking at that, the bottom line, he'll have a lot more money in New York there. I think you're, you're probably right that there's a very good chance that he stays with the Yankees, but I went ahead and picked the Giants just because it's a motivated team, right? I mean, this is a team that is capable of spending big that is really motivated in that division to, 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 you know, get up there and be with the Dodgers. They didn't make the playoffs a year after they won the most games in the national league. I I think in baseball in in 2021, uh, you know, the Dodgers are always going to be there and the Padres have suddenly emerged as a team that is willing to be involved in that sort of arms race with the Dodgers. If the giants want to be a part of the playoffs in that very tough to crack the top division out in the NL West, they got to spend, and I think they're motivated to do that. Yeah, and they've always been linked to the big free agents, but I feel like they've never really gone out and gotten that big fish. I think the only person that they might have was McCutcheon, right? Didn't he go from Pittsburgh to San Francisco? I feel like that's the only guy that they, they've gone out and actually obtained through the I mean, if you want to go agency. back farther, it would be uh, Barry Bonds. True, but what, they spend like $29 million on yeah, Barry Bonds when they signed him? It was a lot of money back then. <laughs> yeah. And it was coming off an of MVP season, I believe. It's true. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they, the, the, the money being spent back there. I mean, like. Carlos right now, Rodon, does he count? I don't know if, it, like, for the. Oh, for. Well, they only spent like $40 million on him. So, I don't, I don't think. Not even would. that much. 
Because it was one year. Right. It was only one year. <laughs> um, the Giants, though, an interesting team because only $69 million spent uh, in payroll right now. They're behind the Tigers, uh, and they're below league average, which is $85 million spent. Um, we got two more Super Chats here from Jack. So uh, what if we sign Brandon Belt, and what if we sign Michael Brantley? Uh, we talked a little bit about Brantley uh, before, but I would assume that Belt stays with the Giants. Again, they have a, a lot of payroll there. They still have first base open. I assume with Brandon Crawford coming back that they would keep Brandon Belt back. Both of those guys have been in the Bay Area for 12 years each so 24 years combined I'd be surprised if they moved on from belt and he had an injury riddled year this year and he had a pretty good year the year before hitting 29 home runs so I would assume that Brandon Belt stays in the Bay Area but what about Brantley he's not on our our list here uh are the White Sox really in on on Michael Brantley or could they really be in on Brantley I don't know if he's going to play enough left field for them I would hope so if you're, you're trying to save money. I don't know if he's going to break the bank. Uh, Michael Brantley's probably looking for one last good contract. To, what is he, 35, 36 years old? Mm-hmm. He can probably play two more years. I would see like a year or two with a player or team option going for the third year. But he's off to hurt. So I wouldn't want the White Sox to sign him because of the injury history and his age. But there's no doubt that he can hit. He's an offensive machine. Brandon Belt, no. He's been hurt the last two years, and his power production is woeful. But, you know, plays in San Francisco, so it's hard to hit home runs, especially at night in the cold July nights of San Francisco. So I wouldn't want either of those two. If the White Sox were to prioritize somebody, I would want somebody higher than that, and those would be like the fallback positions. Again, like really fought like you're in March and oh, we need a left, we need a left fielder, Michael Brantley. We need a first baseman, Brandon Bell. I think Brantley would be signed by then. Yeah, but it's like it's like two. It's like one fifty-five when you're a youngster. You're like, oh, I need to go home with somebody. Here you go, Michael Brantley. Come on home with the White Sox. What a what an analogy. Uh, Michael, you guys all get it. Michael, Michael Brantley is maybe a possibility, but just because he can hit, you know what I mean. I think you're getting some certainty, some offensive certainty there. But health questions, like you said, I mean, the White Sox have enough of those already uh, in their employ. I don't need if they know if they need to bring in more risky, hope for bounce back health wise uh, seasons from guys that would just be piling those up on this roster. And we saw A.J. Pollock leave Chicago. I just don't know if 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 fit means a ton or if how much fit means for these older guys. Like Brantley, he might have enjoyed his last four years in Houston and might just want to stay there, and that might be the ultimate decider. Like, I don't need $16 million. I'll sign with the Astros for 10 because I'm happy here and I yeah, can compete. finally got a ring. Right, so I, I don't know if, if he's a guy that even ends up leaving. All right, let's go and continue with our eight free agents here. Next up, Jose Abreu. Herb, we don't have to fight because it seems like we are all thinking Jose Abreu leaves the south side. Yeah, he's going to go to the Cubs, going to crush. He crushes in that building, I think uh, over 1,000 OPS in that building. And you could say this is versus Cubs pitching, but they're going to be facing Cincinnati Reds pitching and Pittsburgh Pirate pitching there all the time. So I'm going to be wishing him well while he's a Cub. I'll be cheering him on every single game except for the games he plays versus the White Sox. Is there a certain angle for Abreu to the Cubs that really like sells you, or is it just all the Bruce Levine reporting that he's going to sign? I just think <laughs> they need a first baseman. They don't have uh, – what's that guy's name? Uh, the, who they released? Uh, Short, Rizzer uh, – Sh- Schwindel? Schwindel. Frank Schwindel's gone, and I think, yeah, he's he's a perfect fit. He's at home. He could stay in the city in the same apartment or condo that he has in the city. And he can be comfortable on a team that's going to spend a lot of money. As you see later on, I have a couple other players going to the Cubs. So I think it's not just that he's going to the Cubs and he's just going to be collecting money. The Cubs are going to be competitive this year in the National League Central because they're going to spend a lot of money. 
I think uh, when you when when you reach the age that Jose re- has reached and you uh, have played so many games without competing for a championship, I think it's probably about trying to win a championship. Uh, the Cubs are not going to do that this year, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think I'll lean toward the Houston Astros, who uh, obviously just won a championship and could very well do so again next year. No Yuli Gurriel anymore down there in Houston, so I'll say Jose Abreu fills that vacancy and becomes another cog in the Astros' uh, automatic ALCS machine. Switch old Cuban first baseman for old Cuban first baseman. Younger who's a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree 100% with Vinny. I think it just makes too much sense. Uh, and also, I like if he's going to go anywhere, I, I hope he gets a ring. I would, I, hate, I would hate that move more than I would hate the Cub move because I hate the Houston Astros. Guys, the Rays just traded G-Man Choi to the Pirates. Do we think that the Rays would make sense? You, we often Oof. hear about that uh, Cuban connection in Florida. They don't spend a lot of money. Yeah. That's, the, that's the only thing. I, I, I think he would be... He would fit in very well there with just how kind of reliable and consistent and good he is. But, you know, the Rays, they shift everybody all over the place all over the time. He doesn't have a lot of, uh, of uh, versatility for what mm-hmm. position he can play. And also, do we think he's going to get, like, like $15, $20 million? Like, if he does, the yeah. Rays aren't well, going to spend. The, the reason why they traded G-Man Choi, I think this is his last arbitration year. So they're like, okay, he's going to get expensive this year. Get off my team. Here are the Pirates. Give us cast considerations back. No, I don't think they're going to be signing Jose Abreu. Not in those waters. And they're a smart team. They know what they're doing. I'm sure they have some first baseman down there in the minors that's going to hit like 15 home runs and look good on, <laughs> I, at first base. They, I, I think they were in on Freeman last year, though. Weren't they? Yeah, or, did or, they get him? Or did they do, no. the White Sox, or they do the White Sox thing? Hey, hey guys, we're in on Freeman. Let that be out there in the public so people know that we're out here trying to get real uh, players instead of just – Bringing up our own, and I think Abreu is probably going to have to get twenty million if Rizzo's getting the qualifying offer at nineteen point six five. I mean, Abreu is a better player than Rizzo. Is so, he? Absolutely. Well, is uh, like absolutely. somebody on the market no, I mean, thinking even, this? Right. Is somebody on the market like right. they're thinking Rizzo? The numbers look great. The home runs that he hit in New York were great. It's thirty over thirty home runs. He's a lefty bat. Somebody might value Rizzo much over uh, Jose Abreu. I think he's two years younger too. Really good defensively as well. Yeah, thir- 33 just turned in August 8th. Abreu's 36 in January. So, but birthday Abre- buddy, Jose Abreu. January 29th? Yeah, me and wow. Jose have the same birthday. Mercy. Greatness, born on that day. <laughs> there you go. Um, Abreu's since 2019, uh, a 130 OPS. Uh, Rizzo since 2019, uh, OPS plus of 124. So 124 to 130. I mean, about similar. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I-, I think that... Uh, Abreu probably goes to some team, either Houston or San Diego, and, and signs and plays first base for there. Uh, but I think he's at least going to be in contention. I would love San Diego. That'd be great. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd be happy if he goes from your first team to your second team. Uh, we got another uh, super chat from Jackson. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jackso. Uh, Han needs to keep Abreu. Uh, this would be a huge blow if he leaves. We would direct uh, you to yesterday's show. We would direct you to yesterday's <laughs> show and Herb's comments. And another super chat uh, for Jackso. Maybe we sign Rizzo if Jose leaves. Uh, it's possible. No. Uh, you don't think it's possible? No, because you just said it. If Rizzo's signing for $20 million, why are we letting Jose Abreu go? Well, oh, because of the money considerations. I, I've been thinking that he was going to be getting less. So the fact that I, it has not clicked into me that he's getting $19.6 million this year. So, no. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they will sign Rizzo if, if, if Jose leaves. It just seems like Andrew Vaughn's your first baseman. And you're guess gonna what? You're going to like it. If the, the White Sox sign Rizzo, they would be, the White Sox fans would be booing him the whole time like they did when he was a Yankee, Come too. Come on. Let's not do that. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it going in these free agent. He's a uh, cup forever for, to them. Uh, we got. Jacob DeGrom next. Uh, I got a fun fact for you. I got 
Jacob DeGrom signing with the Orioles. Do you guys know how much payroll the Orioles have committed already for the 2023 year? Well, considering all their players are were minor leaguers like within the last two years, probably not much. Everyone that I've asked is like, oh, $60 million, $35 million, eight. $8 million. $8 million. They are paying two players, John Means, who's making 2.65. Who's out for most of the year. Who's, who's living beyond his means. And their, their highest paid player is? Uh, Austin Hayes. No. Uh, Cedric Mullins. No. No. Is he on the team? No. Oh. Chris Davis. Oh, my God. $5.5 million. There you go. He All is right. the highest Rush played. Davis. He's the highest paid player on the Orioles right now. That so man fell I off think, the table, table. Golly. Oh, yeah, he did. He was terrible. Uh, so I was like, the, <laughs> the Orioles uh, will go out and spend some money on Jacob DeGrom. Uh, they can afford it. And if anyone's going to risk some high money on a great player, but who has a lot of injury issues, I think the Orioles might look to add an ace to try to shut down some of those big AL. East bat, so I'll go Jacob to ground. He opted out with a 32 or 34 million dollar deal he could have signed back with the Mets. I think that he believes that he can get more money than that. Otherwise, why would you opt out? And ultimately, we talked about this yesterday. Their owner has a bunch of money, 16 million dollars, I think, is his net worth. And Steve Cohen. It's going to be a drop in the bucket to pay Jacob DeGrom like 35 to $40 million for next year and the years after. It's going to be nothing for him, and they're going to re-sign him, knowing that they can't lose a player of his uh, ilk, especially because when he does start and when he does play, he's one of the best pitchers of all time. Listen, this is a very Dodgers-like acquisition, I think. Dodgers uh, are a machine at uh, uh, producing players. They're also a machine at going and getting the best players in baseball. Oh, look, Mookie Betts over there. We're gonna want, we want Mookie Betts. Oh, there's Freddie Freeman. Yeah, we want him. We want, we want Scherzer. We want Trevor Bauer. We, we, they are going to go out and get whoever they want. Pitching, they always do this every year. They go out and get two of the best pitchers in baseball. They'll probably bring Clayton Kershaw back. Uh, they'll still have him, plus all the other good pitchers they have. Plus, why not Jacob DeGrom? Yeah, why not? Why not? You know, I mean, really. <laughs> it's <laughs> just money. They're, they're, they don't even spend the most money in baseball. Just, the Mets have the highest payroll, so, I mean, why and not? They just uh, they just uh, let Justin Turner walk away. So, go ahead and turn around and give that money to DeGrom. That's true. You think the Mets are, are keeping with DeGrom? Yes, I think they're going to stay with him. All right. All right. Let's go to Carlos Rodon next. Uh, Vinny, you got the Mets picking up Carlos Rodon. I do. Because they're going to lose Jacob DeGrom. They're going to, they might lose Chris Bassett. They need pitching, right? Mm-hmm. So go ahead and go out and get one of the other top arms on the free agent market. That's Carlos Rodon. Again, like you just said, Herb, they can throw as much money as they want at somebody. Uh, the Rangers, I just think they're bad. Yeah, uh, they are. They went out and they paid a gajillion dollars to like three or four guys last year. They finished fourth place. No, they finished last, didn't they? Who, who would? Oh, no, the, no, the Ace. The Angels. Ace. Oh, the A's. That's yeah, right. The A's, A's were really bad. Yeah. Uh, the I Rangers finished third. Yeah. The Rangers are one of these teams. They just spend a bunch of money all the time, and they doesn't go anywhere. Uh, not that that necessarily makes a difference to some people who just want the biggest payday. Uh, but I think Carlos Rodon goes to a team that really, really needs pitching to continue to stay at the top of the division like they have been. New York, New York. Tywin Walker, also a free agent too. Yeah, so they're going to need some uh, pitching. So that's a good call. But yeah, the Rangers make a a ton of sense because of. Bruce Bochy down there. I'm sure Bochy wasn't taking that job unless they're going to be spending a lot of money on free agents. And they did that last year and getting Gray, getting Simeon, and getting um, 
I forgot the other guy's name. God, Seeger. Seeger. Corey Seeger. Bob Seeger. And now they Corey can, Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. Now they can just spend more money on Carlos Rodon, who deserves it. He deserves a big-time payday for all he's been through with his injuries and finally breaking through with the White Sox in 2021 and then repeating that year in, in San Francisco in 2022. I hope he breaks the bank and gets paid, and I hope it's the Rangers who give him that money. And uh, he enjoys his time down there in, uh, in Texas because in the as, Metroplex. as uh, Vinny says, third and fourth place is going to be great yep. for the Texas Rangers. <laughs> that money's still going to go, though. Uh, other Sean making me sick saying Rodon and Abreu reunited with the Sox. Unfortunately, it's the Red Sox, uh, which makes me real sick to Thanks, think about Wayne. there. Uh, and Wayne saying, Robert, sorry about the S's. I don't know what came over me, Herb. It's just really it's easy just to my let your finger peeve. linger to that S. Wayne, it's nothing. It's not a real thing. It's my, a pet peeve of mine. I have d- dumb things that I feel passionate about. Very, very small amount of those things, but names are one of my things. When the old ladies used to pay in uh, checks with uh, Jewel, they used to write Jewels. The Jewels? Uh, the, the, the Jewels. Was, jewels Osco. Jewels <laughs> 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 Osco? Pay to the order of Jewels Osco. Is that, is, so that's your pet peeve? No, but I think What's it your would pet just, peeve? What's your biggest one? Oh, uh, where, where do we start? Um, just one. You have to only pick one. <laughs> You put me on the spot. Now I can't think of any. I got one. I got go one. Ahead. Yeah, you go, go with ahead, you. Steven, what right. do you got? I hate when you, like, wait for someone to cross the street and, you, like, give them a little wave, and they take their sweet-ass time. I hate that. I'm waiting for you. Pick it up a little so bit. So you're really a hustle guy. I'm just like the hustle you're always a hustle Here guy. Here it is. is this, he doesn't this, like people high-stepping across the crosswalk. This is Josh Harrison crossing the street, and he's just high-stepping his way through. Like, get a move on, oh. Josh. <laughs> people not using their blinkers. If you don't use your blinker, they, they make it. They make the card with them. Use it. It's right here. It's, all you just got to go is down for right or down yeah. for left and then up for right. It's yeah. pretty easy. Pretty simple. My biggest pet peeve in the entire world is when people call uh, chimpanzees or gorillas monkeys. Well, they're not. They're apes. Okay. <laughs> See? There you go. That's every day we learn something from Vinny. <laughs> every day. We do. Vinny's got all the fun facts. Vinny, how does that come up in a conversation? Oh, all the time. People are just on TV casually <laughs> calling a chimp a monkey. No. A chimpanzee is a human's closest, uh, closest uh, living relative. They are obviously apes. Uh, so Don't are, call them monkeys. So it's wrong. Monkeys and apes cousins? Well, they're both primates. But they're both primates. Yeah. But yeah. In the same. Apes. Chimpanzees, bonobos, gorillas, orangutans, gibbons, and siamangs. Look at come oh, on, goodness gracious! This guy is ready for socks. Australia for sure. None of those live in Australia. Yeah, what? you're ready for all that, the animals. <laughs> you can be able to spot all those spiders and scorpions down there. Yeah, um, we'll take a break and we'll go back to the other four <laughs> free agents awesome. that we got assigned. I didn't even. I thought bonobos were just socks. So Vinny, Vinny really uh, educated <laughs> me there. With, with not what you said. I didn't realize that that was an, a gorilla uh, or uh, an, an ape. Uh, monkeys have tails too, which other Sean's saying. That is a trait. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do right. do apes not apes have do tails? not have tails? Okay. Correct. All right. So there you go, friends. And they can rip your face off. Yes. And you know what also doesn't have tails? Shady rays. Um, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Their premium sunglasses do not have tails, but they are polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, too, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost in broken replacements. So when Vinny is wearing his pink shades down in in Australia and he drops them into the Great Barrier Reef, Shady Rays won't 
ask him any question on how he broke them. They will just replace them no matter the cost. Shady Race customers also seem to agree that they have very, very high quality sunglasses, giving them over 200,000 five-star reviews. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Race is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRace.com. That's buy one, get one free at ShadyRace.com. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Again, redeem only at ShadyRace.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. And our next partner is DraftKings. I got my buffs, man. My buffs were up 24 to 3 at halftime and then they blew it buffs. to the, 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 the Buffalo Buffs. They ended up blowing it to the Chippewas. They're losing 31 to 7. Uh, but college football is back. NBA is back. Uh, if you are looking to bet tonight on some action, Bulls playing tonight, Stephen? No, Bulls had a two thirty last show. night. They don't have okay. another back to back until like the tenth of December. So no, okay. right, I watched. So. I watched that game last night. It was terrible. That yeah. was crushing. God. They blew it. It was a close one. I mean, at least it was entertaining. A ball going off of Demar's foot at oh, the end. That was that was tough. a bummer. Brutal. And uh, Alex is asking if you have a minor minor in zoology. I took a zoology class in college. There you yeah. go. There's all the there's there's where the education. And you retain that information. That's more <laughs> impressive. I knew that before I took the zoology. Oh class. man, look at this! I mean, he's watching Blue Planet. <laughs> he's got David Attenborough in his ears. Uh, but NBA I fans, I gotta remember that chimpanzees are not apes. Are they, they chimpanzees? They are, are apes. They're chim- not monkeys. Not monkeys. Yeah. God damn it! Yeah, it's just the tails. Remember the tails. Monkeys. monkeys have tails. Um, anyways, NBA fans, the wait's over. Basketball's back. It's so a tip-off this season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. So again, download the sportsbook, the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CHGO. And if you make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets, your t- uh, you get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show description for details. So right. you're, like, you're like at a party and you just meet somebody and they're like, man, these monkeys suck. And they're actually talking about chimpanzee. Do you like interject like, oh, wait a second, come on now. Those are chimpanzees. Those are apes. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you don't Excuse let, me, you talking I, about primates? Yeah, I, I love that. I love the fact that you don't let bad go on and let wrong keep on going on. So you can educate somebody at a party. The guy will leave after that, but still, oh, yeah. he'll know. Yeah. Never to uh, mess them up with monkeys ever again. I'll get eye rolls from the wife and friends, probably, but hey, you got to you, you gotta take a stand. There's Vinny again talking about those primates. All right, let's go to the next group of four for our free agents. It's basically the short stops here uh we did get some people uh, asking about carlos correa and uh, xander bogarts and we saw some cubs people talking about some short stops here so let's go through them uh i'll start with, with carlos correa the former individual rival i don't think he stays with minnesota again the orioles are spending eight million dollars on their team so i think the connection with the front office the current gm from the orioles is an old astros guy i think that connection stayed strong and i think that carlos correa is now the starting shortstop for the orioles as i said before i think the cubs are going to spend money i already got the jose Abreu money and now Carlos Correa who they were in the market for last year but lost out ultimately as the Cubs people did not spend any money they've promised this year that they're going to spend a bunch of money and Mm. uh, let's see if the Ricketts come to uh, the table and break the bank for him because they'll probably be like 35 to 40 million dollars for Carlos Correa to sign with a team and he's the youngest free agent on our list right now so he'll be worth it I don't know if they're going to give the deal that the Minnesota Twins gave him last year but they're probably going to give him more annual average value 
for the the deal that he gets, does get for the Cubs. Uh, if memory serves, last offseason the Yankees were very interested in signing Carlos Correa. If uh, if I'm going to go ahead and have Aaron Judge True. leave uh, New York City, I'm going to have another massive star come in. That seems to be the way the Yankees operate, so Carlos Correa can go ahead and play shortstop there. Maybe that moves some of those uh, middle infield prospects they've got over to second base, and maybe that uh, frees, up, frees up Glaber Torres to be uh, traded to somebody who needs a second base. Uh-oh, joining David Arzma with uh, <laughs> with White Sox, uh, or players to play for the White Sox and Cubs. Uh, yeah, I think uh, just connecting the Elias thing, too. Uh, Mike Elias is currently the GM for the Orioles. He helped draft uh, Correa in Houston, so that's the connection there that I think uh, will stay strong. Uh, let's go to the next uh, shortstop here. Uh, we got, uh, is it? Uh, Dansby Swanson, Swanson. Uh, you mentioned the Cubs being active for Correa. I think they'll be active for a shortstop regardless. I think one of these guys will have a Cubs logo next to their name anyway. And I just, I don't know. I I don't really, the guy that I don't get the best vibe on here is Bogarts. I don't know where he's going to end up. It seems like Trey Turner is going to be a Philly. It seems to me that Correa will obviously, or either be an Oriole or a Yankee, because I do think that's fair if they don't get judged. But I'm not really sure where Dansby and Xander ends up but I do think Swanson plays good enough defense, and that's been something the Cubs have really prided themselves on, so I think they keep up the good defense, and he's the best uh, defensive shortstop on this list. I had a hard time of having him leave his hometown. He's from the Georgia or the Atlanta area, and so him leaving there would be tough for him, especially with the success they've had being uh, World Series champions in 2021 and then pretty good in 2022. But the Dodgers, as Vinny said earlier, have a bunch of money, and when they want their guy... They're going to get their guy. And so Dancy Swanson's had phenomenal seasons the last two years where he set himself up for a big-time payday where I thought he was just an average middling uh, shortstop before that. He's set himself up as one of the uh, shortstops to look for. You know, after Correa sets the market, other teams will be trying to grab people, and then the Dodgers will grab uh, my man Dansby Swanson. He looks like Hollywood, too. He does look like Hollywood. That nice uh, show lettuce in the back, man. He's a, he's a good-looking cat. <laughs> The the Dodgers uh, looks like uh, Charlie Colbert. The Dodgers he have does. lost apparently former Dodger. <laughs> Dodgers have lost Trey Turner to a free agency, assuming that he does not accept that qualifying offer. They just lost Justin Turner to free agency. Of course, the Dodgers could probably plug in any number of prospects they have, and that'd be fine. But what perhaps we'll say that with Trey Turner leaving, they will need a shortstop. Dansby Swanson could fit that bill. Uh, people just moving around, just joining teams that. Lose the other free agents, and they just just playing a little bit of a merry-go-round here on the on the shortstop uh, circuit. Well, and that's the thing too; they have Mookie Betts. So, I mean, if they really need somebody to play second base, and it's not one of these top 100 prospects, just put that guy at second base. You can do it. Uh, let's go to the next short uh, shortstop we got on the list, and that's going to be Xander Bogarts. Uh, I have the Dodgers going with him. I don't I don't have the Dodgers going with uh, Dansby. I just think that the Red Sox they made their commitment to Trevor Story. They're going to move him to shortstop. It'd be kind of messy to be like, hey, Trevor, can you go back to second base? Or hey, Xander, we're going to move you to second this year I don't see a reunion happening with the Red Sox I think the Dodgers do remain to stay active Trey Turner's not going to accept that qualifying offer you're right um, I don't think that they're going to end up getting Swanson or, or, or Correa here I think they end up with Bogarts but I do think they stay active in the free agent market and since Danzy Swanson's leaving Atlanta they need to replace him <laughs> it comes right there when Xander Bogarts right there for them I think he'll be a perfect guy down there in Atlanta um, great weather great stadium great atmosphere he'll fit right in with the guys 
Nothing says the Los Angeles Angels like going out and getting a great hitter to stick in the middle of that lineup and then finishing fourth in the AL West. So they go ahead. Are we battling the Rangers? What's that? They're battling Rangers for third place. Yeah, Rangers Rangers will finish fifth probably. The A's will shoot back up. Who will have more season from the A's? Who will have more money on the IL, the Rangers or the Angels? Great question. But uh, the Angels, uh, they're going to hang on to Otani. Obviously, Trout's not going anywhere. I don't. Is Anthony Rendon still around there? Yeah. Or is he just working? Yeah, he been hurt. Just, he just work at Disneyland as a as a character <laughs> at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, throw throw Xander Bogarts on the heap, and they can have an amazing offense, and still nobody can pitch. Yeah, they have their strategy: just dump money in free agency and draft twenty pitchers. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Like Marsh got traded, and he's uh, immediately started hitting out there in Philadelphia and playing great defense. It's that Kevin Long effect. Our guy Jaxo asking in the chat. Well, another super chat. Uh, our guy uh, trade Moncada and Grandal to the Dodgers. I know people think this is a. Uh, not very well thought out question and I thought it was a great and you you have it to the perfect team a team that can absorb a bunch of money with the Grandal and and Yoan Mancada deals it's a perfect question to ask right there because of the all the people they have there but the Dodgers know those two guys are coming off of bad years and you would be trading those guys at their lowest points in their careers and you wouldn't be getting the premium people coming back to them as Vinny said Trading those two guys, now you need a catcher. Now you need a third baseman. And I know people, Jake Berger, no. Jake Berger can't play third base. He's not a good fielder. That's one of the parts of third base you have to do. His hitting's awesome. But, yeah, that's a good question, uh, Jackso. But I don't know if the White Sox will get the actual value that they need for those two guys. And then that would free up money, but you wouldn't have, uh, like, Justin Turner come here. No. Well, they, they, they'd have to re-sign him, too. No, I'm um, saying, like, you would have extra money. Now they are in the third baseman free agent market. Well, who's out there? Justin Turner? I'd be... The White Sox would be... I mean, that that's like, uh, you know, in the 2009 what uh, economy crash. Like, that's that's Wall Street getting bailed out. Like, I, I think the White Sox just get an absolute bailout there if any team takes on both Grandal and Mankata. Uh, if On baseballtradevalues.com, our favorite website, uh, both of those guys have a negative 12... Uh, movement and you look at the Dodgers the only player with a low uh, trade rate there is Blake Trinan with a minus 6.4 so just making that a balanced trade in any way um, it would be impossible You're for saying teams. it out loud now like Rick Hahn just heard Blake Trinan is like oh another bullpen arm let's go <laughs> give me that for Yohan McCann and Kerndall to get out of those contracts they just might uh, final player here on the list that we got uh, before we wrap this up is Trey Turner uh, it seems like he really really wants to play with Bryce Harper again that's all the, the the leaks from the GM meetings is that Trey Turner wants to be a Philly and if we know Dave, Dave Dombrowski to do anything it's spend money so I, I, I think Dave Dombrowski uh, follows us same footsteps and continues to spend cash. I think he's in the same division, but he goes to the Mets. Mets know how to spend money. He'd be a guy out there that knows the division as a former Washington National, and he would work fit in well right there with the New York Mets. And he they would offer him the most money available to him. So I think he'll accept the deal from the Mets. Also, Trey Turner and Carlos Rodon are. Uh the best of buds from their North days at NC State. State. Really? So, uh, yeah. If if Rodon goes to the Mets, Turner goes to the Mets. You can still have that uh, the fr- the friendship connection there. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a communication breakdown somewhere. I did not. I do not think Trey Turner is going to be on the Astros. I will. I'll take ownership on that. My bad, Vinny. That's a Steve. That's a Stephen Alexander. <laughs> Stephen Alexander special right there. I, I see it now. I see the. I have thing. Trey Turner going to the Cubs. Uh, okay. I I I would have. Uh, 
loved to been able to uh, be super skeptical that they're going to do anything to make themselves any much better than they were last year. But uh, there's been just way, way, way too much talk about them going out and getting Trey Turner. So uh, I think they'll end up with Trey Turner as uh, kind of their first big fish in this second rebuild that they're doing, and uh, he can be the guy to be their John Lester this time around. Out of those four short stops, Swanson, Correa, Turner, and Bogarts, obviously money will be different for each and every one of those, but there, if there's a guy that you had to build around, who would it be? Correa. Correa. He's the youngest. He has the most potential to be a superstar. Like, Trey Turner is a complete player. Like, fast, can glove it a little bit, but I would go with Correa. Like, he knows, and he's a champion, too. Like, whatever you got to say about the 2017 Houston Astros, he's there. And he was the leader of that team for the most part. Like, people look to look to him to be the leader. And I think, uh, remember the 2021 uh, uh, playoff series versus the White Sox? He was the one who uh, broke up uh, Carlos Rodon's good start with a ringing single down the line and got an RBI single. I think he's the best guy out there. I don't know. I think I'd go with Turner. I mean, the fact that he can give you 20 home runs and 25 stolen bases and play a decent shortstop. I mean, that guy, I don't know. Like, I love I, him. Both of those guys are definitely uh, in that upper echelon. All right. Uh, final thing here. We got about eight minutes left. Uh, I gave you guys three wild cards to throw out there. I'll, I'll throw out mine first. Uh, Justin Verlander declined his player option. I didn't have the Mets sign on anybody. I think they bring back Scherzer and Verlander and just go with the most trusted arms in all of baseball. I understand that DeGrom's probably a better pitcher than both of those, but him and Rodon have just next-level injury issues. Justin Verlander, Torres, (laughs) Tommy John, Torres uh, UCL, and then came back and was AL Cy Young. I think they reunite them, and I think they go out and spend big. So you'll have Scherzer and Verlander be the lead of that rotation. That's like what once, didn't they, in the late 60s, didn't they have uh, Seaver and and Nolan Ryan in the same rotation? Yeah. But that uh, was when Verlander they were like and Scherzer, yeah. woo, when Nolan Ryan was like right there. 24. Yes, right. <laughs> right. That's like when they're both like in their prime. They're going to sign Jeremy Bonderman and Rick Porcello too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and David Price. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with uh, Verlander to the Mets. Uh, we've mentioned this before, but uh, Elvis Andrews to the Twins after doing that that uh, that that shortstop uh, exercise there just makes way too much sense. Uh, so I think Andrews goes to the Twins, and then Kevin Kiermaier. Someone mentioned uh, Kevin Kiermaier. He's going to join his brother, who is the uh, the Roger Bozard of the Cubs. And he's going to be uh, playing center field on the grass that his brother, uh, you know, keeps up and fresh. So that's, uh, that's I'll go with Kevin Kiermaier. That's not a good deal at all. He can glove it, but he can't hit worth a sh- crap. Um, they're a defensive team. They're trying cool. to, yeah, they're trying to compete. <laughs> they can't be just having a dude out there just catching balls and then striking out and grounding out the second all day long. Um, Verlander's going back to Houston, I believe. He's comfortable. He had a great time in his years there. I think he's just opting out because he knows as a 39 going to 40-year guy, he's still healthy, and somebody will offer him more money than he was uh, going to get with the Houston Astros. And uh, eventually the Astros like, hey, it's too valuable to let him go out to the free agent market. Here's whatever money you need. And then who are we talking about? Kiermaier? Oh, the other, oh no. well, that, yeah. just our wild cards? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just throwing my three out. Okay. That's all I got right there. So I got, I got three. One. I got three. I also had Verlander on my list going back to Houston. Okay. Uh, but I'll send uh, Wilson Contreras to the Detroit Tigers. Oh. Teaming up, teaming up with Javier Baez so White Sox fans can just boo and boo and boo for, to their heart's content for the rest of time. Uh, and then I went ahead and threw a White Sox guy on here, Joey Gallo. Okay. Joey Gallo. Yeah, hey, J- Jeremy Bradford just said Sox getting any free agents. Uh, it makes it makes a lot Joey of Gallo. sense. Makes a lot of sense. Power, defense, lefty. 
shifts it's going too. Thing. The shifts it's a lot going of too. They need so. I mean, he got he got shifted on like eighty eight percent of his at bats. So no longer you'll you'll face the shifts. Uh, so maybe also that one sixty batting average gets up to two hundred. Dude walks. Yeah, he does. Dude walks. Well, there's he, a lot of things the White Sox need right there. My big concern, and he hit a buck sixty, so he might not be very expensive. My my big concern <laughs> with Gallo, but he, I mean it's, it's power. I mean people pay for power. Yeah, and he he's got such a great idea of the strike zone my big concern though is like his average exit velocity has gone down over the past couple years which is my concern like usually hits the hell out of the ball and that's what's been you know kind of promising about Robert is that his max exit velocity has stayed very very high but his average exit velocity has creeped up but the percentiles for Gallo has just gone down and down and down maybe a fresh start and no shift could help him feel all right but he might be a guy that is kind of platoon proof too because he just hits the ball hard you know, like he just might be a guy that you could trust to hit home, you know, home runs versus lefties and righties. So um, might be cheap and might be able to give you good defense and, and home runs. So I, I think Gallo makes sense. But. And before the depressing news that came out last night from James Fegan and uh, Rick Hahn about the White Sox payroll, I said Michael Conforto would be a good fit for the White Sox. And I still believe that. I've been doing some research on him. His dad played uh, linebacker at Penn State. And his mom is an Olympian. A great Olympian from back in the day in uh, synchronized swimming. Do they have any White Sox? <laughs> synchronized <size>? swimming? <laughs> yeah. His mom was in the Olympics for synchronized swimming? Synchronized swimming. That's incredible. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, so he's got pedigree. He's got uh, athletic genes in his body. So I think a bounce-back year this year with the White Sox would be perfect for Michael Conforto. Um, little prove-it prove deal? Yeah. Like a one-year with a player option to get out after that or a team option or a mutual option. And so he can rebuild his market after that. Joey Gallo's mom was born in Sicily. That's pretty cool. Was she in the Olympics synchronized swimming? No, but he did has, her mom face off against uh, Michael Conforto's <laughs> mom in the Olympics? No, but he has an older brother named Salvatore. You see KPW Salvatore Gallo is going to Brandon Nimmo to the Blue Jays. Who's that? Oh, Connor. Connor wanting Brandon Nimmo to the Blue Jays. I I, I saw a deal. Uh, Lucas Giolito, Joe Kelly for Teoscar Hernandez, so they can get a uh, Brandon Nimmo, and the, the 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 White Sox can pick up Teoscar Hernandez. Why would the Blue Jays do that? I literally was thinking that. I was like, Teoscar Hernandez is like pretty they good. Need to good. Look, they need to look at those. They need because they're look, signing Brandon Nimmo. They need maybe look at those Blue Jays catchers. Good That's defense. True. Good defense up there behind the plate in Toronto. I, I think Danny Jansen would be the name out, and Danny Jansen is a guy that uh, KPW's talked no, up to us. So. Keep Danny Jansen, KPW. Love him. Give me Alejandro Kirk. <laughs> Danny Jansen's a lefty though, right? So, <laughs> give me five foot three, two hundred twenty-five pound. Alejandro Kirk. He'd be fun. Him, him catching Lance Lynn would be a sight to see. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. That's Vinny Duber. Take a good look at him. He'll be gone for a month. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, and he will still be posting articles on allchgo.com. He will have internet connection down in Australia. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We appreciate all of you guys hanging out with us in the chat. Thank you all for giving us consistent support on these live shows. We will talk to you on Sunday for a pod only, and then we will be back with you for a live show on Monday. We'll talk to you then. Go Sox.